Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome back to the Empowered Woman Badass and Unfiltered Podcast. Today, <laughs> we are talking about the ability to recreate your life. And I'm going to let you know something. You get to keep every excuse you give yourself. So I want you to tune in to what this guest here has to say, because she's got some power behind her. Don't expect to be the same after this. From homeless to riches. Now, you know, these are like my favorite types of stories. Eudania Burrell flips her way to the top. She lives in Charlotte, North Carolina. I'm so pumped for the fact that you live there. We'll get into that a little later. Okay. Thank you so much for being here. No. Oh, thank you, Olivia, for having me. It is an honor, a privilege, and I am so happy to be here with you today. And so thank you. Okay, so talk to me about when you made the pivot in your life from when you were homeless. Like, what was the mindset shift? What was the thing that was your breakthrough that got you out of where you were? So let me just say there have been many times I've had to redefine and recreate my life. And the beauty is that, guess what? I'm the chooser. I get to do that. And so in this particular point in my life during homelessness is was shortly right after 911. And it I was working in the service industry in Lake Buena Vista, Florida, and I was making great money. And then 911 happened and it changed the lives of everyone around me, including myself. And I was no longer making the money I was making um, and I wasn't able to pay my rent. And so I knew that I ran the risk of being evicted. And that's definitely something I didn't want on my record. And so I made the conscious decision to go into a homeless shelter. And, you know, while I had friends and family around me saying, oh, no, Dana, you don't have to do that. You can stay with us. I knew that if I fell, I needed to know that I can get back up on my own again. And that's exactly why I made that conscious decision. Was it hard? Absolutely. I was, I had three children in tow, three girls, no doubt. And so not only am I the provider, I am the protector and I am the guider of these, these young women's lives. And so, but it was important for me not to hide any part of my life because they needed to bear witness to, you know, not only mom going through the struggle, but also mom being able to turn it and shift it in such a way that it would benefit us all. And that's exactly what happened by us going into this um, shelter. It was very humbling, like I said earlier, but it also created in me the, uh, the ability to get back up, the courage to face everything and do it with grace and a sense of dignity where I knew that um, God had my back. He was, he was, you know, watching over all of us. And that would see me through this. 
trial. And I shortly thereafter, I heard about a job that was becoming available. It was a direct result of 911, which is the Department of Homeland. And so I applied and I was able to got, um, get in and it ch- literally changed our lives overnight. And so now I'm making good money again. I am able to raise my children. I'm able to buy a home. And so that was one defining moment in my life. And like I said, Olivia, there have been many. And so, you know, being able to recreate and redefine my life in that moment was was so important. How long were you in the shelter before you found the job, applied for the job and were able to? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) we were there for at least nine months. Mm. And so it was so funny because the economy was so bad at the time. And I had friends literally collecting money for me. And thank God for friends, you know, family we choose for that because they were collecting money for gas for me to go be able to look for a job. And um, I was in such a humbled state. I was applying for places like Burger King and McDonald's. I just wanted some income coming in. Our saving grace was the fact that I owned my car outright and I didn't have payments. So I was able to go look for these jobs, but you know, um, there was nothing coming through until the Department of Homeland opened up. And I'll never forget it. A friend of mine and I were talking, it was shortly before Christmas. And I remember saying, wouldn't it be so great, you know, if God answered our prayers and we got in. And I want literally about a week or so later, I got the call and the offer. And it was right before Christmas. I worked my first two weeks and was able to get my first paycheck and was able to give my girls a Christmas. And I'll never forget it because it was $499 and I was able to give the girls a Christmas. And so, you know, being grateful for things like that has continued to open up other doors for me because I truly believe gratitude is the language of abundance. And so, so long as you're grateful for what it is you do have, you know, God continues to give you more to be grateful for. And so I'm always, you know, preaching, so to speak, to other people. How can you be, you know, ask for more and not even be grateful for what you have? You know, I um, I have this little key and it has gratitude on it Woo! because gratitude <laughs> is key. It's key to unlock so many things. So I turned 30 in August of last year. Congratulations. Thank you. And (laughs) one of the things that I was trying to work on this year was my contentment. Mm -hmm. And in order Mm -hmm. to have more contentment, I had to have more gratitude. That's right. Because no matter what level, what I receive in life. If I don't, if I'm not happy with what I have, what I, who I am, being content in loving the simple things. I love going for a walk. I love looking at nature and seeing the little ducks and <laughs> yelling at the geese to get out my way because they don't want me okay. to smoke. You know, like I, <laughs> I love all, like I love being, and I call being in nature God's living room. That's right. Love being out in God's living room, you know, like, and that's, that's something that is a free gift. And (sighs) that's just so I'm, and you mentioned friends being the family we choose. Tell me more about the type of people 
that you like to keep in your life now that you've constant you're since you're one of those that constantly recreates what are the types of circles you surround yourself in people who are not staying stuck are not blaming their past on their present conditions but can actually look at every decision they've made and know that it's led them up to this point in their lives and then being able to again redefine and recreate their own lives so i like to be around like-minded individuals and you know every now and again i have a friend you know because i i talk a lot of spirituality dana nobody wants to hear all that spiritual right now you know they want to stay in their pity pots and so i give them that space until they're ready to come back to me but i will the only time i go to look down on anybody is when i'm going to help them up And so I want to surround, I do surround myself with people who are constantly lifting themselves up and not blaming any part of their past because none of us are responsible for the traumas of our past, especially from childhood, but we are all responsible for our own healing. Mm -hmm. And if you don't take accountability and responsibility for your own healing, guess what? Nobody else is coming to save you. And when you recognize that there is such power in that, knowing that I get to choose my healing as opposed to the trauma of my past and staying stuck there. Because what you do do then when you stay stuck there, you are continually creating the same future, the same, you know, instead of creating a vision of the future, you are programmed to create your past. And so, you know, I, I want to surround myself with people who are ever lifting themselves up and knowing that they are the choosers of their own lives and have the responsibility to heal themselves. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about this so much yesterday. Yeah. And it is so important to be surrounded by people that are continuously growing. There's right. areas of our lives that we can just not grow. And a lot of people don't understand that they speak what they want into existence, even if oh, they're yeah. not. When they continue to talk about the struggle, when they, I stopped identifying with the struggle. I, I'm just, I'm not identifying with that. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. like Brendan Burchard says, I endure, I embrace the suck. Because that's a part of the process. Do I expect right. it to be easy? Nah, it's not going to be easy. And and when when you're leveling up, but at the same time, we can redefine what that's right. we think is hard. You know, uh, you, you know, and I don't think it's supposed to be easy. I think it's when we're being stretched that we're really growing. Mm-hmm. And so when we're afraid, when we're in that fear, walking through it anyway, that is truly the definition of courage, being able to walk through it anyway, our own messes, the messes we've created and the ones that other people have created, but not holding them accountable and holding them hostage. Because when we do that, we're holding ourselves hostage. And so it's important, like you just said, leveling up and seeing that you have a choice. There is, oh my gosh, there's such power in it. And, you know, I don't like to bring yesterday's garbage into today because it's not serving me in any way, shape or form. Girl, did you hear that? And this one did this. And no, I don't, that's not what I want to talk about. Where are we going? What are we doing? How are we giving? How are we changing the world with what it is we're saying and putting out into the world? That's what I want to talk about. 
How did you implement the boundaries with the people in your life that met you when you were down and then saw you shifting and changing? That's a really, really great question. And what it takes me back to, Olivia, you know, I also am in recovery. I've been in recovery for 25 years. Thank you. And so at one point in my life, everyone was used to dealing with Dana, the one who used alcohol and abused drugs. And so they treated me or approached me in such a way. And when I realized that I had the the gift of choice, that I got to choose who it is I am and how people treated and approached me, it literally, I watched people started changing before me because it forced everyone around me to change whether that was them dropping out of my lives or them leveling up to this new assertive Eudania, not the one who was going to take your nonsense or listen to the crap that you had to say about me because I'm not here to live up to, down to, or around your expectation of who I am. And again, literally, it forced people to change around me. And some of those people, they didn't make the climb. Like Michelle Obama says, they lost oxygen and just didn't make the climb with me. And that's okay because they weren't supposed to. And so, again, it was the choices I began to make for myself and who I wanted to be perceived out into the world. What I wanted to reflect out into the world changed the people and my and my circles. It began to grow my circles in certain ways and be able to shed some of those who are no longer serving me, serving a purpose in my life anyway. And and for that matter, me not serving a purpose in their lives, because if you're dealing with a person who's stuck and just does, it rains 365 days a year, am I serving a purpose in your life? No, because people cannot hear what they're not ready to hear. People cannot see what they're not ready to see. And knowing Can I answer that question? Away. Yes, knowing when to walk <laughs> away from those types of situations too. When it's when you have so much of an emotional connection. Yeah. I know that you there there had to be some of these people that you cared deeply about. Yeah. But you recognize we're not serving each other. Mm-hmm. And for me to continue to stay down on a level with you, if we're in a sinking boat. And if you're in a sinking boat and I go down to get in with you, how much faster are you going to go under? I'm not helping you. So the best I can do is either reach out an arm. If you grab it, that's great. But if not, I have nothing to feel bad, guilty, or ashamed of because I did my part in trying to help. I want to now ask you, because I know that you're in the your profession now is more so in the flipping of houses real estate yes you do you do real estate now and and I think that a lot of like sales and and the projects when it comes to flipping homes and doing real estate those cause you to have to have delays and stress and there's a lot of things that come up with that line of work that it, it, I can definitely tell that you having these 
innate boundaries, the the courage, the confidence, the the assurance. Yes, consistency. Yes. What what got you into that? Oh, so let me just add, I still work for the Department of Homeland Security. And so in March of 2020, when the world shut down, my job literally stopped and my home flooded all within one week's time. March 23rd, I'll never forget it. And I got a little depressed and I knew immediately depression don't fit you, Dana. So we're going to have to do something about it. I had always been interested in real estate. Well, I had gotten a platform called Connected Investors two months prior. And now was my time because it seemed like it was, it felt like a threefold tsunami had hit me. Well, guess what? It was also the perfect storm for me to again recreate and redefine me as a woman. I was no longer going to allow anyone to dictate how much money I made, when I made it, or how I made it. And so I delved into connected investors, real estate investing. I got involved with different groups. I found a mentor. And I want to say about two months in, but prior in between that two months, guess what? I felt like a success because I was taking all the steps necessary to become the right investor. I felt so successful, Olivia. I hadn't even gotten my first deal, but I knew that I was doing something that was going to impact my life six months from now, a year from now, three years from now, five years from now. And that's exactly what it's done. About three months in, I got my first three deals under contract, three in one, knocked it out the ballpark. And was able to close on those three deals. And I haven't stopped since. The following year, I continued on with the journey with some, you know, with some lows, with some highs and lows. But the one thing I continued to do was stay consistent because I, you know, persistence will get you started, but it's consistency that will keep you going. And I knew so long as I stayed consistent, the deals would continue to come. And they they did. And I want to say that um, following year, I won Connected Investor of the Year, nationwide Connected Investor of the Year. And last year, they reached out to me to become a coach. And so I've also been coaching for about a year, teaching students what it is I do as an investor for them to be able to gain the same success. It's been an amazing last three years. <laughs> oh, man. You know, I, I feel like something happened to me March 23rd. I think that was when the rest of the world shut down for COVID. Yeah. yeah. Something about that date that is sticking out to me, March 23rd, 2020. I love that you said, and and I think that we need to make sure we touch on this. The fact that you felt like you were successful before you were successful, because it's so the energy we give off is what we attract. That's right. That's right. (laughs) When you are putting it out there, guess what? It's radiating right back to you. When you feel the emotions of it, because the mind, you know, they've already done studies. The mind can't tell the difference as Mm -hmm. to whether or not it's happening in your own reality. And so it's like I pulled it right into my own reality. And I had, you know, unbeknownst to me, had been saying it for years. You know, faith is like pulling out of the spiritual into the natural. 
And so I had been doing that and not really even knowing I was doing the work until, you know, and now I understand it a lot better. And so I'm able to put my faith out there in the things not yet seen and be able to pull it into the natural today. And so I think I'm a great manifester because I'm seeing the vision. You know, pain pushed me for a long time, but then the vision began to pull me. And so now I don't have to, it, it's it's almost as if it's effortless because I'm seeing the vision before it already happens and it just shows up in my life. It, I, I hope that made sense. Oh, it, yes. Yes. I'm totally picking up what you're putting down. I lo- Okay. You said some really good stuff here. Faith is pulling out of the spiritual into the natural. That's right. I've never heard it like that. I love it. I love it because it is. It's it's believing in the things that are unseen and then they right. unseen. And so many people, I scripture that is in the Bible app today is about don't just read the word, live it. Live it. <laughs> and and faith without works is dead. So if you believe. That you're successful. If you believe that, okay, these are the the, the things that I need to do. Like you were saying, you were doing the things. And then three months in, you close three deals in one. In one, in one and have not stopped since. And it has grown me in such a way that now I'm, heck, I'm doing all different types of strategies. I'm doing buying holes. I'm doing sub twos. Um, I'm doing fix and flips. I'm able to lend money to other investors in their projects. And so this has propelled me in a, a whole nother direction. It's almost like saying, you know, I'm grateful for what I have, God. I see the vision, say those things as if they were and so shall they be. And it's almost as if like him saying, okay, you're grateful for this. Let me give you this to be grateful for. Oh, and by the way, here's this to be grateful for. No. And so that has been the experience of my life these past few years. And it really all began with a decision and a decision to continue to follow through and believe because I knew, you know, any, you know, Bible speaks about it, that he has a vision and a purpose for our lives, you know, and my plan is to prosper you and, 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 I, I don't remember the whole verse just yet, but it'll probably come to me after I get off the call. Yeah. But yeah, he has a vision and a purpose for all of our lives. And if we can get in alignment with that, oh my gosh, your life will be, it, it almost feels like it's magical when you get in alignment with that purpose. And, but at the same time, you also need to, your your routines, your habits have to be reflective of your goals, mm-hmm. of where you're trying to go. And so that may mean me getting up 10 minutes, 15 minutes earlier to do some meditative work, to do some breath work, changing that one little routine. That may mean turning off the TV an hour earlier to read a book that's going to take me in the direction of my dream. That may mean getting on a podcast where I can learn more about self-help. So, you know, you have to definitely realign those routines and habits to reflect your goals. 
Because that was really kind of like my next question. How do we stay in that alignment? Like there's times that I'm just like, I am aligned. I am like, yes, like this is getting everything done. You're on point. (laughs) Then I, but but tiredness, life be life in. That's what I say. You know, like. I love it. Something (laughs) happens. You get knocked off and it's trying to recalibrate, re, you know, realign. And I think I read this in, I forget the name of the book right now, but it was how the Apollo was off track 96% of the time, the first Apollo, but it still landed because it was auto-correcting the entire time. And that's how life is. You're going to continuously auto-correct. And I think I, that's, oh gosh, that is powerful. And I think in those moments as well, that is when you have to be most gentle with yourself and not beat up on yourself for not being on point and having everything down pat at the exact moment of every moment of every day. We have got to be more gentle with ourselves because the world itself is going to bring on um or about different things we should, could have been doing or what am I looking for? How you should be in the world, how you should show up in the world. We don't have to be those willing participants like the rest of the world. We need to at least be willing to be gentle with ourselves when we feel off track. And you take those moments to just breathe and say, it's okay. And I'm okay. You know, I have a little thing that I do. I have a mirror that sits right by my desk. I do a lot of calls throughout the day and most of my calls are not where I'm talking face to face. And so I'm able to look at the mirror and laugh at myself when I've messed up or I said I fumbled over something and I keep it light and fluffy with myself. And I need to be the one person that can do that with me. Because the rest of the world sometimes is going to look at me harshly or they're going to be in judgment of me. I'm not going to be a willing participant to be that in my life. I'm going to be gentle with Dana because she deserves that. She's been through a lot and she keeps getting up every day and showing up. Why? Because she loves this. She loves being a part (laughs) of this. She loves being on a call with you and interacting and being able to co-create something that's going to give back to the world. I love this shit. (laughs) Excuse my language. (laughs) The badass podcast. I love that because I was going to get into what drives you, like what really, really like. I think I'm answering the questions before you ask. (laughs) Yes. Like I'm like, oh, I was about to ask that. And then you're like, and you know, you, yeah. the, the fact that you touched on giving yourself grace and being kind and gentle with yourself. So many of the people I think that are like me, myself, and you that are the pick ourselves up by the bootstraps, go after it, go getters. The we, beacons, the lights of the world. <laughs> we're, I'm not as kind to myself, especially when I'm stressed out as I should be. And it's a constant reminder that I have to be, okay, give myself grace. I love, I've got a mirror here too. Uh, <laughs> and, um, you know, I, I do like to be funny and laugh at myself too, but I think it's remembering to incorporate that play in our lives and not take things so seriously and to release whatever stress there is that we can when those insecurities or other things might might pop up. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Um, it is so important, Olivia. And, you know, I think a lot of that is memory, the memories of the past, and we're just rehearsing some of the same reactions. And so for me, that's when I'm going to incorporate new ideas, uh, new visions for myself, because I don't want to be going off of a program from the past, because guess what? You're going to recreate some of that same past stuff if you continue on that program. So for me, it's important when I recognize it to be able to acknowledge it and recalibrate. If I can't do it in that moment, then I'm taking a break to when I can. And for me, sometimes that, you know, you talked about nature. I go outside, I take my shoes off and I love to ground. Mm -hmm. I love grounding work. And I'm just stretching out my arms and I'm saying, thank you. Thank you that I'm here. Thank you that even though I feel like I messed up or I fumbled today, guess what? I get to start all over. And so it doesn't have to be, you know, you hear people talk about, oh, it's one of those days. No, 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 no. Don't let it be days. Let it be a moment. It's a moment that you've experienced and that we get to start over in the next moment. I don't let days become bad ones. No, that was a challenging moment. It wasn't bad. It was just a challenge. And it was here to teach me something. It was here to grow me in such a way. Had I not had that experience, I wouldn't have been able to grow. And so being able to know that we can recalibrate at any moment and that we don't have to hold on to the memories of the past and keep creating the same stuff over and over. But instead, we get to map out a vision of the future for ourselves. What is next for Dana? Oh, my gosh. What's next for Dana? Dana is going, I believe I'm, Dana is going to be seen on a much larger scale because I've seen it. I've seen it in my visions. I've seen it in my meditative states. And I want to, how much more value can I give back to the world? Because when you give enough people what they want, you get what you want. And that's where I am. I want to continue to give of myself all of what I've been through. And this is just a tip of the iceberg. I see a book coming out. I want to share my story. I want to give hope to other people that just because you come from this place doesn't have to mean you remain in this space. But like we've been talking the whole show, that we are the choosers. We get to recreate and redefine ourselves as women, as women of color, as people, period. And so that's where, yeah, and just continuing to grow my business, um, having my daughters. Um, I have three of my daughters who are working with me now and having a more hands-off approach and letting them just take it to a whole nother level. I heard just recently, our children are us 10X. And I saw it, you know, when someone shared that with me, I was like, wow. She has that part of me. She has that part of me. And she ha- and she's really going to take this business to a greater level than I ever could. And I am great with that. And I think the only people we want for us to be better than us in our lives is our children. We want to leave them with something greater than we 
ourselves had. Absolutely. Oh man, there are so many tidbits, <laughs> like good parts. I have like front and back and notes. I see. <laughs> and I mean, one of some of the biggest text takeaways myself is recognizing when your relationships no longer are serving you feeling like success before you are success giving yourself grace and how faith is pulling out of the spiritual into the natural there's so many other ones but (laughs) that's for sure those are like i said y'all y'all are listening you're not the same after this Definitely check the links below. Like I mentioned before, she is somebody that you're going to want to follow and be in touch with. Thank you so much, Dana, for being here today. Thank you, Olivia. It has been an honor and a pleasure. I appreciate it. And I hope to come back and visit you soon. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Empowered Woman Badass and Unfiltered Podcast. If you found any value in this, please consider sharing and subscribing. Now go out and be a badass. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.